Hello, dear listeners, Darwin here. Welcome back to the show. So, I prepared an amazing juggernaut of an episode today. Mwah! Magnitofique, or whatever. I don't speak French, but I did see I gained a few French listeners. Shout out to you guys. Oh, I'm such a dazzler. I'm pyroed up. Nitro mode. Or is it just a mirage? I am a speck of dust in this lonely ocean of podcasts. Today's critter is a Central African species of frog called, ooh, let's give this a shot, Trichobotrachus robustus. Phew, I'm not saying that again. Couldn't they forge some cooler names for these things? I could barely cipher this crap. Let's look them up. Hmm, a hairy frog. Blech. There is the hero frog. Hey, you already caused enough havoc the last episode. Sorry, guys. I should get some wolf's bane to ward off my dark altar. It's going rogue. You know, sometimes when you cage the beast, the dark beast gets angry. You cannot silence me. My name is Legion. For we are met. Join us in the hellfire. Apocalypse is near. Huh? You're a dick. No, I'm Canadian. Hey, whatever, Wendigo. You're ripping the listeners' ears apart like some kind of banshee. Moving on, I need to find some cool-sounding name for this thing that I can use in the episode title. Ah, Wolverine Frog. Awesome, guys, we're doing the Wolverine Frog. So let's dive in. Cannonball. some magic. Hope my opening gambit didn't ward off too many listeners. I'll probably receive a storm, an avalanche, an onslaught of hate mail. So, for those still tuned in, why is this toad... (laughs) Sorry. Blob, uh, what's with me today? I'm experiencing some kind of surge of Cerebro Psylocke. Probably have a loose cable. Anyway, why is this frog called a Wolverine frog? Well, I guess it's due to that Canadian Wolverine animal. What kind of monster are you, the Wolverine? It's like some kind of demon bear, very hairy, has sharp claws, is feral, literally makes my blood scream. Kinda like this frog. Well, the Wolverine Frog has two unique and sublime adaptations which make it stand out in the amphibian world. Retractable claws and hair-like structures on the bodies of male frogs. Actually, since the retractable claws are traits shared with a few more related frog species, you will most often find the little guy referred to as the hairy frog, which is the literal definition of the genus name No, not pronouncing it again. It was described in 1900 by Belgian-British zoologist George Albert Bollinger? Belanger? Professor X. I am not butchering another pronunciation. So, Professor X described over 2,000 species in his lifetime, 556 of which are amphibians, so don't hate the guy for constructing the most obvious name. The species shows pronounced sexual dimorphism as males are much larger and are covered in hair. Ooh, we got a Sasquatch here. Or is it a werefrog? Ah! Save yourselves! Get some Quicksilver! Foul beast! I will banish you with this thermometer. But the males do grow to only 10 centimeters, 4 inches for those who love overly complicated math. Ooh, it's a little pixie. Anyway, the hairy projections this frog is named after only appear on males and only during the breeding season and are actually skin papillae that form hair-like structures over the animal's flanks and thighs. 
The role of these papillae is shrouded in mystique. As the species is rarely studied in the wild, so its behavior during the breeding season is relatively unknown. Males are also much larger than females and apparently guard their brood of eggs from predators. The most prevalent hypothesis is that these skin projections drastically increase the male's oxygen intake, acting like some sort of gill by providing the animal's skin a greater surface area. Most frogs actually breathe through their skin, so the more skin they have, the more effective their cutaneous respiration is. Now evidence of this is that the hair-like protrusions are actually highly vascularized, meaning they are rich in blood vessels. This would allow the male either to gain enough energy to mate and produce healthy offspring, or to remain submerged underwater for days while guarding the eggs. The hairiness is only temporary and only present during the breeding season, so the males go through drastic Proteus-like changes in appearance throughout the year. And now, the cooler adaptation! The marrow of this frog's allure, retractable claws, which are highly rare in the amphibian world, but not really exclusive to only this species, as similar adaptations are present in nine species of the Astylosternus genus, as well as the species Scotobleps gabonicus, the gaboon force frog. Oh, they're like a brotherhood of evil mutant frogs. Now, all of these other species also seem to have bony claws that grow out of their toes, but what makes the wolverine frog unique is that it needs to actively break the bones of its own toes in order to expose its claws, which actually pierce through the skin of their fingertips. Ooh, when they come out, does it hurt? Every time. But luckily for them, frogs are notorious for their regenerative abilities, so they can quickly recover from this trauma and keep on breaking their toes when needed. I guess the pain lets you know you're still alive. Hey, I just remembered something. You know who else has retractable claws? He's from those movies. Ice Age, Diego was his name, the saber-toothed tiger. I mean, cats have retractable claws, so do tigers. Surely saber-toothed tigers had them. I know I said last episode I will not cover tigers, but these guys have daggers on their face. Hell yeah, I'm gonna talk about them. The saber-toothed tiger is so much cooler than the wolverine frog. It's stronger, larger, hairier, more vicious. It can eat the wolverine frog and its whole family for breakfast. I keep my hopes up we will once find a perfectly preserved specimen under some deep pile of, uh, Emma Frosts? And ice? Man, that would be so badass. Oh my giant furry bloodthirsty kitty pride is the only thing I can feel for you. I'm gonna save you for your very own special episode, probably when I celebrate the 25 year jubilee of the show. Until then, the climate will only worsen. We are revolving around a giant fire star. The extreme sunfire it unleashes will melt away a glacier, possibly cause a rock slide, expose some magma that will slowly revive you from your eternal slumber. You will be my new best friends, my weapon X, and we will reign supreme together on a warpath to unleash malice upon. We interrupt this program to bring you a few seconds of joy and happiness. Happy, 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 happy. It is our destiny. Well... It's a long shot. A guy could only wish upon a moon star. Well, since it's the North Pole I'm talking about, I should wish upon a North Star or Aurora Borealis. Okay, Darwin, chill out. Ah, oh, I forgot my medication. 
Okay, where was I? Ah, yes, the claws. Well, apart from the gruesome method of brandishing them, what is also unique about these claws in the whole animal world is that they are naked bone and do not have a covering of keratin. Now, the distant fingertip bone is barbed and under normal circumstances is attached to a bony nodule via strands of collagen. When in danger, the frog contracts a muscle that forces the barbed bone through its skin. It then uses this spike, this built-in Excalibur, I imagine, to inflict a powerful Shogun death strike upon its foes, cunning like a viper, swift as a silver samurai. In the blink of an eye, it will poke out your eye, render you a cyclops. Wait a minute, these claws are only present on the hind legs. Ah oh man, just as I started thinking you were cool. Apparently there is another frog often referred to as the wolverine frog, the autumn frog from the genus Babina. It has switchblade claws only on the thumbs of the front legs. Such a razor fist. Come on, I just had to choose the hairy frog, whose special ability is having broken toes. Lame. Even scientists used to think it was lame because they attributed this adaptation as a high evolution strategy to have a firmer grip over rocks when jumping. I'm removing that from my headcanon. It does not make sense that something will constantly break its own bones to have a firm grip. No. First you slip, then you break your bones. That's how it works for all creatures. It has been reported that when grabbed, the frog tries to kick its way out of the holder's grasp, slashing the holder's skin along the way, leaving a bloody mess. Whoever handled any type of frog would already know how they like to try and kick their way out. Apparently the Bakasi people in Cameroon have known this for centuries as they hunt and eat these frogs, but do so with long spears to stay away from their kicks. Oh how typical of us imperial foreigners to learn this the hard way as the non-native scientists studying this species had to experience this defensive strategy firsthand. You know, maybe the people who spend their lives hunting these things know what the heck they're doing and can provide important insights. Now, it would be more accurate to refer to these claws as erectile claws because there is no known mechanism of their retraction. It is believed that the claws retract passively when the muscle used to brandish them is relaxed. Now, the most widely accepted function of these claws is for defense against predators. However, I have looked into this, and it seems many male specimens are found that have scars all over their bodies, supporting the idea that the claws are used in aggressive male-to-male intraspecific combats. But as the females also have these claws, I doubt this is their most primary use. Also, remember those hair strands that we talked about? Well, apparently, they may actually be used as armor during these roughhouse confrontations. Now, I did not believe this hypothesis because most sources state the structures are rich in blood vessels that can even reach deep into the epidermis. So why would a structure that is used for armor have the possibility of bleeding out? Well, the scientists who proposed this also describe a mechanism of closing out the circulation to these hair-like structures, so maybe, but I doubt it is their primary function. Now, even though I do have a degree in biology, I am not an expert. This is an edutainment podcast. In no way do I claim that my words are the pinnacle of scientific inquiry. Though I am a maverick, I leave a lot of details out which do not fit my poetic narrative. But in the real world, everything is important, and every little detail, however insignificant it may be, actually tremendously influences how species evolve. I highly encourage you to research these topics more in depth, as these scientists have dedicated 
dedicated their lives into understanding these intricacies and most media outlets tend to bastardize and sensationalize their work because unfortunately ain't nobody got time for extremely intricate details about the world around them but I'll try to do my best. Once I get a few more episodes up, I will try to get this podcast on any remaining apps and platforms. I do need to go through some registration act, like look at this submission form asking for too much personal info. So let's try to fill one out. What are they looking for? First and last name, gender, location, age. Uh, Darwin X, man, X, 23. Okay, I lied. I'm closer to the Generation X crowd. Favorite movie, Polaris. Or was it Solaris? That spicy George Clooney movie in space. Also Gladiator. Favorite video game? Definitely Pokemon Omega Red. Is that what it's called? Man, I'm such a kid. Omega Ruby, yeah. Oh, these are getting specific. Favorite World of Warcraft class? I can't pick just one. I usually play a Warlock, a Hunter in Darkness, an Iron Monk, also occasionally a Shaman. Favorite martial arts move? Uh, the Vulcan Nerve Pinch? Favorite chess piece? <laughs> a Bishop? Preferred girlfriend name? Well... Celine Scarlet, which is also a cool name. What is this thing? Oh, I'm on a dating site. Yeah, I use those. I'm a sweet man, but also a Gorgon, a Morlock that never comes out of his bastion of a home. Also the current contagion and strife within society. Better to stay in my haven like a living monolith, a barnacle, and try to mimic a normal life. Hope summer's over, or some sunspot appeared, I can't stand the heat. Yeah, I should edit this whole bit out. Jeez, the show is starting to decay and morph into a jumbled up chimera frenzy of random nonsense. Hey guys, Doran from the future here. So, I'm keeping this in. I need to master mold my episodes, pump up their tempo. Who even listens to 10 minute shows? So here's the other changeling rant I prepared in all its glory. More content for my acolytes. There are not many podcasts which cover these types of subjects. This is my X-Factor. I'm so ecstatic about sharing my knowledge. Being unique as the wonderful creatures I talk about really feeds my ego. I'm a prodigy, a mastermind, a sentinel of cyber knowledge. I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do best isn't very nice. I hope I don't get bad karma. I'm a big gentle colossus, an angel, but also a lonely husk of a maggot, a nimrod. Now call me Mr. Sinister if you wish, but then again, if you don't enjoy this type of content, you picked the wrong house, bub. But just so the podcast does not spiral out of control like a domino sack, be sure to send me your tips and suggestions to darwinsdeviations at gmail.com. This is my own arcade, my personal chamber of knowledge, but can also be a danger room and go boom boom very quickly. And I really don't want my fans to experience vertigo while listening or become multiple man and cuckoos like myself, so any suggestion is appreciated. Don't want to cut your goddamn head off. See if that works. Well, not you again. You might remember that annoyed is my natural state. You come back like some nightcrawler phoenix and you're ruining my mojo. Be Gandhi Mihalian. Uh, excuse me, I'm a shadow king. Go fuck yourself. Whose balls do I have to fondle to get my very own reference? I'm better at doing whatever it is Wolverine does. Today was as much fun as a sandpaper dildo. Did I leave my stove on? Huh? <gasps> my chimichangas?